0: prestige all about films filmmaking and film theory each week we choose a film movie we're going to talk
1: about it review it offer some of our thoughts on the film and some of the ideas that it produces
0: and as always we'll end with our recommendations of further reading further watching inspired by the film of the week before all
1: that we have a little catch up on what else we've been watching aside from our movie of the week so sam what have you been watching in the last seven days
0: I, I tend to sort of dip in and out of box sets, try new things. Um, and this, what have you been watching this week feature is, is good for that. Um, so I have started watching Man in the High Castle, mm-hmm. which is to produce, I, I think it might be an Amazon original produced for Amazon Prime. Um, and it's a a sort of a counterfactual what if this had happened production about um, what if Nazis had taken over America after the war what if, um, if there had been a different outcome to the Second World War and Hitler had lived for example um, and it's it's very stylised and it knows it's very stylized and it's not unenjoyable uh, it knows that I mean you you know what you're getting with series like this and it's a I suspect a fairly high budget production um and as a result it has some good acting talent and it is generally well produced it's it's a solid piece of work so if you're looking for something to watch, I mean, there are lots and lots of other things on the list that I might recommend before this as brilliant TV, but this is not unendurable. It's, it's worth your time.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, I, I think I've seen the pilot episode and enjoyed it, but I haven't gone any further than, than that, I must say. Mm. Uh, as with so many TV series. Yes. Um, cool, cool. Uh, I've got a little bit of follow-up from last week and, uh, and what I've been watching. So, we discussed previously last week that how I was, as I put it, wading through uh, Daredevil. Yeah. So I continue the wade. Um right. It's still not brilliant. I'm enjoying. It. I've just got to the episode. Those who have seen it, no spoilers. That is about Wilson Fisk and about his childhood and his upgrowing and and all that kind of thing. And that mm. was a better episode, I grant you. Um, but I'm still un unconvinced of its of its genius. Okay. Uh, um, but talking of things that are genius, uh, the last weekend I watched Apollo Thirteen because it's just brilliant. It's just a, a perfect movie, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. Uh, it, it is. It's just brilliantly acted and wonderfully shot, and it is. It's just all round perfect. So yeah, Apollo Thirteen. I will truck no dissension.
0: Right. Now I, I was tempted to wind you up there, but I can't disagree with you, about yeah, so so For say because uh, yeah.
1: this might be the hill on which rigid, Frederick dies, if, if, if that was the <laughs> case. She's all that I could forgive, but Apollo 13... <laughs>
0: they are very different films.
1: But equally... Not, not equally good, I can't even... You know, you know, I can make that one up. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, so Apollo 13, not much to say about it. Beyond, if you haven't seen it, it is the tale of Apollo 13, the ill-fated... 13th pilot mission that uh, never made it to the moon landing and suffered a failure early on and the teams and people and the astronauts who worked together to bring them home. Um, It isn't as sciencey as The Martian it's certainly more drama based than The Martian was previous week but it is in that same kind of box I suppose
0: I also don't understand how you wouldn't find the lead actor particularly enjoyable I I won't hear a word said against Tom Hanks. He's great. I'm 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 with you.
1: I'm, I I have zero problem with the man. I love the man. I appreciate when I mention this on Facebook that at least one of my friends uh, did say bad thing about, about uh, Tom Hanks. Um, but I disagree with that. I think I think he's he's great. I think I strongly think he films been bad.
0: Hmm. Yes. I think even even something which is a demonstrably terrible film, like Terminal. He is great in. Oh, I like Terminal. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks
1: buys buys a lot of uh, a lot of good reviews from from me. He does but anyway. Our film of the week before we dive too further into uh, Tom Hanks appreciation. Our film of the week this week is Back to the Future Part Three. Future Part Three picks up almost exactly where Part Two left off, with uh, Marty McFly discovering that his uh, longtime friend and confidant and inventor of the time machine, Dale Brown, has been sent back to 1885. The action picks up when Marty discovers that Doc has been killed and has to go back to 1885 to save him. From there on out, it's a so in many ways a strange mixture of a classic western hitting a lot of the tropes of the classic western, and the sort of same beats we've got known to known to love of uh, the Back to the Future trilogy. It is the last of the three, and it was clearly designed to be the last of the three. It is the end, in many ways, of the story of Marty McFly. Though there's definitely more stories to be told uh, with Emmett Brown, Sam. Now, we have kind of covered this a little bit last week when you mentioned your feelings on this film, but how, how was it rewatching part three?
0: I really enjoyed part three. I, we talk, talked about it last week and how um, I generally think of them as one, three, two in terms of quality. And I am not budging from that opinion now. I I really enjoy Part 3. I won't say it's as good as Back to the Future Part 1, because few things are. But in terms of being homage to Westerns and being a nice conclusion to the trilogy, being um, a way in which lots of the characters are revisited, it's very clever and it's just a really enjoyable film. Um, I think it's. See, this is difficult for you to to comprehend, I suppose, because you hold part two in such high esteem. But I think it took a real uh, nose in the second part of the trilogy. I think it's totally back on form here. Fair enough. Um, I really enjoy. I mean, you have um remakes of earlier films with Marty walking into well this time it's a saloon bar it's not a cafe and um, you have the Tannin and in this case Buford Tannin saying Hey McFly as he walks into the bar and then realizing it's something someone different. Um I I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the references to other films outside the Back to the Future franchise, and we can go on and and talk about that a bit more. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed. It. There, there there are some things, some criticisms to level at this. there is, I mean, it it buys into the trope of the Native Americans as tameable Indians or savage Indians. Um, it's sort of it doesn't look to buck that trope at all in, in taking from classic westerns, but it's really very enjoyable, and I particularly like the bit right at the end, getting into spoilers immediately, um, when Needles played, I saw it I was looking around the internet just now, played by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. which I didn't know until that. um you have needles who appears in back to the future 2 as george's nemesis he appears on on screen um, on the screen in in george's house and he he incites george to um, contribute money for which results to george being sat, results in george being sacked you have that really nice race at the end where Needles challenges into a race and you see Marcy overcoming this Are you calling me a chicken thing that's that's run throughout particularly the second and third films and you and turning to Jennifer and saying, Well of course I wasn't going to, I'm not stupid. Mm. And that that was a really nice resolution of that story. I yeah, I, I really enjoyed this.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I don't do stress that. Whilst I do certainly enjoy two, I don't think that three is any better. I very much enjoy three. I think I think three is. I think three often gets a short shift um, in terms of its reception. I think people often think it's uh, it's the lesser of the trilogy. And whilst I do maintain it's probably my least favourite of the uh, of the three, it's still a very good film. That I very much enjoy. Is it's, you know mm. I think it's, it's worth saying that that the bottom isn't my favourite. And I agree that um, I remember, I think the thing I enjoy the most. It feels like it's changed again, um, from the first one, second one. So first one, I mean, it just like feel like the same film again. So you say you we kind of had the theme last week, re-establishing, um, that the world, and this one feels like once again, it's kind of something new to do with the third. We discussed this a lot over the last sort of season, the idea that as you go through a trilogy or through a franchise, you need to find a way to reinvent that while mm. still keeping it the same. And I think this th- really threads that needle very well on having a a film that is something new, different world, but the same same thing. Now, I have got a theory, and we all know how much I enjoy my theories. Um, buckle up, everyone. Buckle up and this, is, this, is, this is Maybe this is more of a, a critical theory rather than a, a narrative theory. But I, mm. it occurred to me, watching uh, the third one, that in many ways... That the 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 Delorean isn't actually travelling in time; it is travelling across cinematic genre. and this might, in many ways, touch on what you were saying about the treatment of the Indians, Mm. and some of some of the whitewashing that might happened in the first film about um the uh, in about the fifties, I think, and that they aren't actually travelling to the fifties, but they're just travelling. To 50s movies they are traveling in the second one to cyberpunk future and then like the dystopian films of the 80s and 90s for the mm. um it's uh, it called the biff land basically and in this one they aren't visiting the old west they are visiting filmic old west they're filming yes. cinematic old west so if anyone has seen things like deadwood um which is very, very, very brutal and realistic take on the Old West, it is not that. You know, it's not even Westworld in terms of its take on the Old West. This is, you know, Annie get your gun kind of Old West. This is that kind of, you know, uh, circle the wagons Old West. It is yeah. our, it's, it, We are visiting cinematic Westerns. Exactly, Rather yes. than Western, r- rather than the Old West. Um, and this is highlighted, I think you've got, you know, the idea he turns up being called Clint Eastwood. Mm. Um, and that's why you're ticking off these tropes at this point. I mean at this point in cinema history, the Western is dead. It's dead, it's been dead for a while. Um, because it, it dissolved into tropes, dissolved into stereotypes of characters and it dissolved into stereotypes of actions. But, which this film hits all of them, it hits the jewel, it hits, you know, all that sort of stuff. And he, he survives using a, a filmic technique of of the plate. Yes. And I think that if you look at this film as a, as a as a comment and an exploration of cinematic genre, not that it excuses some of the issues, but it's a very different take on the film, and that's my theory.
0: No, I I totally agree with you. And I think in in part, I mean I was a little bit uncomfortable about certain racial portrayals, but having having heard you say that, I'm I'm totally on board with that. And that's something that it's it's an argument that people will say about certain racist ideas, and people will say, well, it was of its time. And there's a little bit of me that thinks, yes,
1: but that shouldn't be an excuse. It was of like, its it, it time, but it was a racist time.
0: Yes. But what you have here is it, it, even more than that. It's not just of its time, it's of a particular genre in that time. So it had to it was it, it was being really faithful to that genre mm. there's something really clever about that no i i no i would
1: say i would I and mean, this is maybe sort of 22 2017 talking i would have liked to have seen more deconstruction or exploration if, if that is if the theory that they, i think they're trying to go with um it would have been nice to sort of start off in a world in which you know um, you see the Indians in a certain manner, and then are portrayed. You see it differently later on, and you start to mm. see that you see the deconstruction of those ideals, um, and you get a little bit of that. With he turns up in his his obviously kind of, you know neon uh, cowboy outfit, because when you see him in that, you think, yeah, it's a cowboy, clearly. But then mm. when he goes back in time, like oh, clearly, clearly not cowboy, clearly some sort of show clown. Um, so there is a little bit of this kind of destruction of the ideas and, and the dissolution of the ideas. But I would like to see more of that, especially, as they say, around some of the racial stereotypes.
0: Mm. I did like actually think, thinking about this um, I mean not just the Delorean, but Marty himself as sort of travelling through genres. I was thinking about the, the scene where, when I mean, it is the only scene where he brandishes the cult because famously he doesn't use it well not famous but i suppose centrally to this film he doesn't use the cult in the Mm jewel but he does he does use it in the mirror scene when he brandishes it and there's this i couldn't really work out what it was a reference to i mean it's obvious that are you talking to me is a reference to taxi driver there's a scorsese reference but at the same time he is sort of inhabiting the dirty harry role and the role that Clint Eastwood grew into after his Western fates, because you have that no nonsense talking to someone, you have that the shot of the the hard bitten cop looking at someone, and then you also have the man with no name. You have another Clint Eastwood character, so you have him sort of inhabiting three sort of s- cinematic stages, mm-hmm. three, three. St- three i know three snapshots of genre at once and and that seems to be something that the film is is doing really cleverly is is visiting all these different films and as you said that um the breastplate trick with with the um with the the oven hood mm. is is taken specifically from first Full of dollars that's that's another trick trick and there's something really clever about using Biff's favourite film against him and we knew it was his favourite film in, in the second episode and this is a resolution of that there are all these these little references and you you kind of I mean, as you say the, the this travelling through genre this is sort of the references to the outlaw Josie Wales and the fistful of dollars trick and then Taxi Driver and Dirty Harry and All of these other references to cinema, it seems to be ticking them off. And it was in a way that I wasn't annoyed by. I can see that in lesser hands, in hands that weren't um, EP by Spielberg and directed by Robert Zemeckis, this would... Be a bit clunky and a bit mm. sort of, oh yeah, you're really clever. You can refer to a particular film here or another film trope there, and we know what you're doing with genre. But there, were, there wasn't, there wasn't anything forced about the way they did it.
1: Yeah, uh, it felt like a loving. But it difference it, it, between a rip off and homage, really. It felt, exactly. it felt like yeah. a a loving, you know. And I also, I think it's important to note that none of it interrupts the story. I mean we've all seen you know I think I often talk about spoof um, films and parodies and I'm a big sort of I'm not a fan of the parody genre but I'm interested in it if you compare something like airplane to something like um, say um, scary movie very different kind of films airplane works as a film by itself like there are references and there are jokes and there's pop culture things, but it works as a film. In the same way with this, there are references to these things. As he pointed out, there's always references to other things. But if you don't know the reference, it still works. Exactly. Whereas
0: Scary Movie, you have to know about the horror films that it's talking about. Otherwise, it makes no sense. And if you've, if you've watched any of the later Scary Movies, it gets
1: even worse. I mean, to the point where I can watch it, and because I don't know the one random film that's big in America... I have no idea what's happening in a day. I have no idea of the joke. So there's, there's certainly, I think that's why it works here. It doesn't feel forced. It's because if you don't know, references, and i hand and heart say, I didn't, don't, I don't know. References. I'm sure there are Western references that I'm not getting.
0: Yes. That it still
1: works as a film. Mm.
0: I did. So I did, didn't mean to say that your film film knowledge is, is going to be poor in this. I'm just no, saying no, no. I can. I, I can see see what you're saying. That there are there are so many things in this that could potentially be references that you you'd have to know absolutely everything about everything ever made to know.
1: And I I'll, I'll hand on heart say that western is one of the genres I don't know very well, which I'm trying to correct this year, but. I think that, 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 that's why it works, is because if you know it, it's a brilliant little, Oh, I get that. Um, if you don't, then you can still enjoy the movie. Um, mm. And it isn't that kind of... It's, it's, it's still a, a mainstream, enjoyable film. But I do think that there's, there's some merit to the idea of it being a filmic Old West visiting rather than a real Old West.
0: Yes, yeah. And it feels... The town feels very much like a stage as well. Mm. It's very, very much about... The, the, these are characters performing, that they Marty and, to some extent, Everett Brown are visiting as well.
1: Yes, and I think it also helps with that fact that, that it's half-built, that it, ha- mm. it has that feeling of construction, it has that feeling of a backlot um, by it kind of not being finished.
0: Yeah, and you have things like... In in the town square in in either of the nineteen fifty fives or nineteen eighty five or no, either of nineteen eighty fives or nineteen fifty five or two thousand fifteen, it felt solid, it felt like the you could go into the buildings. Whereas mm. here the town hall is a facade, is literally a facade because it's been constructed and there's a hole where the clock should be. So it does it does feel very much like a film set
1: and i think it's also worth noting with this film they do kind of move away from the idea of time travel as a a plot device mm. like get, yeah. it, 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 it's, a, it's a it's a narrative device to get them in the same place but it, they aren't trying to unpick time in the way they are in the first two films um they're just trying to avoid someone dying and get back to the, like they they've kind of moved away from the idea of, of time travel being the the plot device that they use and I think that works. Mm. Once again, you've, they've managed to reinvent the film into a new genre without breaking the the previous films and without breaking the flow of the three films.
0: Yeah, this this toad I mean, this this does work. This almost works as a film on, on its own, mm. separate from the trilogy. You could see this. Oh yeah, this is a an homage to westerns and you could know a tiny little bit about the backstory of time travel. And then, like you said, it's just a, a, a gimmick, a device to get them in 19, in 1885. Yes. After that, the film works on its own. I, I, I can only agree, Sam. So, after that particularly, um, I think positive review all around do you have any um, similar films any actors any actor connections any director connections for us?
1: I do I do now, I've got I'm, I've got two actual recommendations but I want to throw two quick um, small recommendations the very very small ones just in in the mix one of which is Jules Verne um, it's hollowed at the end with his two Something called Jules Verne and the stylings mm. of the um of the ship but if you like this sort of stuff check out the book of Jules Verne uh, time machine Straight into the earth 2000, 2000, and see brilliant stories brilliant films Check them out. secondly there was a short lived TV series after this third movie so when I said it was the end of the story I was lying a little bit uh, the Back to the Future TV series um, premiered in uh, 2002 or 2001 I think um, set in a slightly alternate timeline it's after this film and it's the adventures of the uh, the Brown family it's not brilliant but it is it's certainly fun um, and it has it has things to recommend it. So if you are itching for a bit more of, of time travel adventures, check out the TV series. But my two actor recommendations for further reading are one is kind of thematic and one's an actor. My thematic one, in many ways, is a very, very, very different feel of a film. Very, very different. It couldn't be more different. But both of them are looking at the f- western as a movie genre rather than a time period and that is 2002's film from Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. In many ways, one of the best Westerns ever made. It is a deconstruction of Clint Eastwood's Western career, of the Western genre, Western stories, and that whole thing. It is a very different tack to uh, Back to Future 3, certainly, but I think that if you're looking at at, at, that, at the period as a filmic a cinematic genre a cinematic snapshot rather than a time snapshot this is is the key text for you to be looking at secondly and this is an actor recommendation um the only real new actor in in back the future um part three is uh, clara brown um, and she is played by mary steenbergen mary steenbergen has been in lots of things over the years but one thing i wanted to highlight that kind of came out and disappeared a little bit and not a lot of people have seen it, is the 2006 film Inland Empire from David Lynch. I'm a big Lynch fan He makes very weird films, they aren't for everybody. Inland Empire is probably one of his weirdest films. Um, it is not accessible in the same way something like Model and Drivers. Is. It is incredibly weird uh, about an actress in LA and the Inland Empire of LA. But I, it really sort, of, I really sort of struck me I watch. it, it's very surreal, it's very sort of heart-dense as a film and uh, it certainly doesn't get as much sort of uh, love as other Lynchian films, but if you like Lynch, if you want something a bit out of the ordinary um, Inland Empire is definitely worth a watch
0: Great um, I have a couple of small things, uh, the, the first one is um George Verne is great, but he didn't write the Time Machine. That was H. G. E. Wells. Never mind, that's, but that, H that, that H. H. Wells me, also, me not being literate. <laughs> H. Wells is also great, so go and read him. Um the second thing is that there is a neat gif of um, an early British actress, early in terms of well, in terms of the the movie business. Um, Pauline Johnson performing a stunt on the train ledge, which I happened to see on the morning of seeing this film, and then going on to see Mary Steenburgen doing the same sort of thing. So it's from the 1929 film, The Flying Scotsman, and it's it's worth checking out. Um, I will, well, I'll, I'll tweet that gif from the account from the Prestige Podcast account. Please so do; you can have a look at that. Um, in terms of actual recommendations, my first one is also Mary Steenburgen because she's the only new actor, and I've gone Route 1. Um, and I've gone, well, there is a list of her films here. The top three films she's been in are Back to the Future Part 3, um, Elf, which I won't count on talking about, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yes, it is terrible. Philadelphia isn't, however. Philadelphia is a great film. Um, and I mean, I suppose this is back to our Tom Hanks love. It. Mm. Um, but he, he is great in this, um, and many people are, and it's well worth checking out. Brilliant. And my second one is I suppose we, we haven't really mentioned any classic westerns in our recommendations, and so I will. Mentioned the original Magnificent Seven, and the music just makes me so happy. <laughs> in fact, when we stop recording, I may just go to YouTube and listen to the soundtrack because it's incredible. And um, so, those those are my two recommendations for this week.
1: I, I I must agree with both of them. So that's a a rare week where we recommend everything we like and agree uh, recommendations. So uh, yes, all in all, everyone's getting on this week. Good. So, we will be na- back next week, having completed the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, we are diving into one of probably the most confusing franchises of, <laughs> that we've covered, and uh, and piecemeal. But we will be diving into the Batman franchise.
0: Can can you even call it a franchise? I think
1: it is the ultimate franchise, in that it just doesn't care what's come before it half the time. Um, okay. So we will be back next week with the, the first Batman film. Till then, guys. If you like what we do here on The Prestige and you want to support us, we have a Patreon now. Um, it's for the entire of the Kaidu FM uh, family so if you just go to patreon.com forward slash Kaidu FM, we are doing special editions of this show of all the shows. Uh, there is going to be a Patreon only podcast all about uh, monster movies that I'll be doing myself and all kinds of uh, sort of treats and rewards we can think of so if you do like us if you do want to support us go on there throw a couple of dollars our way we'd really appreciate it It it'll help us kind of continue to do this show
0: i have nothing to
1: add to that that is we aren't only there if you want to come chat to us about the movies that we discuss um any thoughts on what we talk about this week you can find us on twitter we are both on there on the prestige podcast
0: i am on there on my own not always making fun of rob at life underscore academic
1: and I am there as uh, just Rob Kaiju, and I'm almost always talking about movies or getting angry about politics.
0: Two good good things, yes, I think. Yes. Yeah.
1: Till then, guys, we'll be back next week, so we shall uh, see you then. Prestige is a Kaiju Industries production. Check out their other work at facebook.com forward slash Kaiju Industries.
0: Rawr.